Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, the guys win locals and take the weekend off. Mew keeps winning and testing for NAIC starts now. Chuck, how are we doing, my friend? Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, enjoying a sunny, hot Memorial Day, well, weekend, which now we're into the week. Yes. But enjoying the weekend. It was nice weather, been sunny, and now it's getting into the 90s, which is great. Right, so, right. Uh, much, much like the heat more than the cold, so... Right. So it seems uh, just as, you know, talking beforehand, um, you know, that we both kind of played our our, our weekly locals, you know, so this the kick the week got off or right before the weekend uh, and then kind of played hooky from Pokemon the rest of the weekend. So uh, what did you do um, outside of Pokemon? Yeah, um, well, a lot of I mean, just kind of hanging out, but we had a uh, hanging out with friends, you know, grilling chilling doing the memorial day thing so uh, i had a fire going in our fire pit one day just hanging out and talking uh we made s'mores cooked hamburgers so um it was really just relaxing enjoying the weather uh we went out one day to uh, a local establishment of beers and beverages and there was a local band playing and just Very listening cool. to music and covers. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just wanted to kind of sit back, relax, and enjoy a holiday weekend and not really worry too much about Pokemon in general. Um, right. Just because sometimes it's kind, of, it's kind of like an off week in general. Uh, yeah, it's, for... it's definitely not a lot of news to talk about. Um, you know, this week, not a lot of new things to talk about. So, uh, it was kind of a good week to get away, uh, in preparation, you know, to the, to the, the prep and the, the testing that needs to go into NIC up and forward. But, um, without the new cards, uh, it's going to be a little bit rough until that comes in. So definitely like, like you said, a, a good weekend to enjoy the weather, family, friends, uh, and, and just, uh, hang out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what did you do? What did you have to do? Um, so, I mean, like I said, I, I did play on Thursday, uh, played Arctina and, uh, and took, took that tournament down. But after that, um, basically just stayed home with the family the whole weekend. Um, we did go to, uh, the beach at Presque Isle, um, right there, um, two hours North of Pittsburgh. You know, so it was nice to go, uh, uh, to the beach, brought the dogs, got to play around on, uh, with, you know, my son and everything like that. Um, but then, you know, we came back after a few hours, just kind of a, a day trip, something like that. Uh, besides that, though, it's just a lot of Breath of the Wild. I st- or not Breath of the Wild. I keep saying that. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. I started that game uh, Friday, and I, th- I think I put like 25 hours in for the four-day weekend <laughs> <laughs> for me. Uh, so it was a lot of uh, a lot of Zelda, a lot of, uh, you know, my son and I just kind of going back and forth. And he, you know, he he watches all these videos on YouTube and stuff. So he's like, oh, you can do this, this and this. I'm like, well, that you can't even do that in the old game. So it was it was kind of fun just uh, kind of laying low, hanging out with uh, the fam, like I said, and, and playing a great game because, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild was great. And uh, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, 
actually upped it. It's definitely not just a DLC like people were were uh, kind of speculating uh, beforehand, but uh, definitely worth your time if you want to break from Pokemon for sure. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I've heard many good things about uh, about the new Zelda game. So yeah, I, and I'm going to the 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 kind of the slow journey. I'm not trying to rush through it. Um, I've beaten two of the the temples, castles, whatever you want to call it, and then just did uh, a bunch of side quests for the the temples to get like all the stamina wheels and the and hearts and stuff like that. So um, taking the slow approach to it because I heard uh, this end boss Ganon is probably the hardest one in Zelda history. Uh, so I definitely, when I get there, I want to be prepared and have like full, uh, full hearts and stamina, all the good weapons and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like I said, just taking my time with the game. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're enjoying it, definitely take your time. Um, yeah. yeah my, like I said, my weekend went pretty much the same way, except I won my tournament playing Lugia, uh, with my own little kind of version of it. Um, so yeah. Was there anything crazy in your version? I mean, one could call me crazy for only playing one fish. Uh, that one is crazy. crazy. <laughs> one could call me crazy because I didn't play Evital either. I just didn't uh, see the point. Um, I guess it makes a little bit more sense in, in the Lost Box, but um, I liked the way I had my own uh, kind of way I was going to play in the Lost Box, so um there you go i mean yeah you want t-tar and you just want to start smacking and uh and milling that I, was it, it wasn't even t-tar i wanted to hit uh i wanted to get urshifu out as quickly as possible mm. um I, I don't have to use anything but one single like one single strike energy on him because you just beat down for every knockout yeah and uh made use of regenerative energy made use of sarina is why the card's there yeah uh, to keep him along alive a lot longer than uh they would like so uh, it worked uh it, it worked in one one game uh, uh we that was the one game i tied because we went to game three and could finish but uh probably could have pulled out game three if we would have went because we played it out a little bit but his prizes were awfully harsh when we were like yeah, I think you might get this. And then he looked at him, and it was like the cards he needed to yeah, kind of like, win nope. the game. <laughs> uh, so I would have probably pulled that one out uh, if if time permitted, but uh, it yeah. did not. Well, very cool, very cool. Uh, with that being said, um, both of us didn't get to play um, in pre-release this weekend. Um, I know a couple <laughs> stores locally had them, uh, but like I said, I was just uh, spending time with the family, so didn't really want to go out and about. Um, but for both of us this week, um, we're going to be able to attend some pre-releases. Um, so you're looking forward to that? Yes, looking forward to, to it very much. I believe Sunday was the first day that you could actually hold a pre-release if you wanted to. Yeah. Because uh, uh, my local store is actually running three. on the, They ran one on Sunday, and then they're doing one on Friday and then next Sunday. So... Um, yeah, so I think that that it, it was just a hard day for me to get out as well. Like the middle of your weekend, kind of Memorial Day weekend when you were doing stuff, it's like uh, for me, it was just like I can't get to the store right now at this time mm -hmm. to go do this. So exactly, but yeah, I, we had one at the vaults, uh, well, locally here on 
yeah, Sunday. And I wanted to go, um, but again, just hanging out with the family, didn't want to ditch them, uh, especially with uh, the NIC grind that's coming up. But um, I was a little bit jealous after I saw some of the polls in our local Adam, uh, my teammate from the last two um you know, team challenges and obviously an awesome local community member here. He pulled the Iono uh, full art. So I was a, a little jealous I wasn't there, you know, because I could have had my chance at that Iono. But um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, other than that, you know, there's no regrets for sure. Uh, and I'll have my chance this Thursday and Friday because I'll be going to uh, Sports Card Junction and Green Tree Sports Cards. Uh, they're doing it Thursday, Friday. Um, so I'll have two chances uh, and, you know, just to play in a, a pre-release format. It's always fun, uh, different, you know, from, you know, the norm. Uh, and then always having that chance to pull the 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 card. I I keep saying to people uh, that Iona is going to be the card of the set, not or, or the block, not just the set. Uh, so I, I truly believe uh, that's probably going to be the case. And I, I want to try to get get that card for sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know. Uh, it seems to be the thing to get. I will say um, in pre-releases, uh, I was a little jealous of some other people too because I saw someone already hit two of the three Meowth Karatas, like the evolutionary yeah. line that, that has the the storyline, like uh, like Gardevoir was. Uh, yeah. Meowth Karata has the storyline. Uh illustrator arts so i want to collect those i'm going to try and like get each one when they release um so i don't know if they did one for each starter in this set i can't remember but well meowskarat um, is the best one of the three for sure yeah meowskarat is the one i'm aiming for um and then hopefully you know an iono in there just to uh get the you know get pull the hit card out of the out of the set so i'm looking forward to that too um, I, uh, the one I missed here Sunday, uh, uh, a friend of uh, mine too did. She hit the uh, Iono. So, um, was she trying to keep it, or is she like, let's move it right I, now? I don't know because she did. I think she's. I don't. That's an iffy. She did a master set of Scarlet and Violet, and if you don't have to buy that card, I feel like right. you just hold on to it. Right. Um, so. If she's gonna, I assume she's gonna keep two master sets. So, um, that's that's good to just get it off the pre-release kit, and then <laughs> yes. you can get 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 boxes the other way. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'll I am be, looking for pre-release. Uh, so I'll be getting uh two. I'll be doing two two per pre-releases, like I said. So two kits uh, plus the loose packs, uh, and then I am going to go heavier than I normally do on this set. Um, just because of the bulk trade that I had. So I'll probably be getting four total booster boxes. So I'm hoping I pull it out of that. Because if I don't, I, I don't know what else to say because uh, I'm not going to buy that card specifically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, it would be nice. Um, I hope I just get four. I, I'm getting two. I already pre-ordered two booster boxes. I don't know what I'll do after that. Um uh, it would uh, be nice to hit the 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 rare. I don't know honestly what I would do with it because I might get greedy and get more boxes from it. Um, but as long as I can get four Ionos, I can. I mean, I'm gonna have to start buying I regular art Ionos for every deck. So yeah, I mean that's the, 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 for many, sure. the, the many 
as many of those as I can get out of this two box, I will be happy because I've I've seen a couple of tweets from other content creators that get gifted product and they were like, no Ionos out of all of this, even the regular ones. I, so <laughs> I am hoping it's not that hard to catch, but uh, we'll yeah. see. Uh, it'll be fun, interesting weekend. I'm sure we'll have um, lots to talk about uh, going into next week for when it comes to, uh, you know, cool pools and everything like that. I am excited. I saw one person actually was able to use Murkrow with the United, like the United, the bird mad party mm-hmm. in pre-release. So I'm hoping that I get that so I can try it out and have a little bit more extra fun as right. a, out of pre-release. So, right, right. Um, I'm I'm excited for that. Maybe hopefully working. I still just want that back caliber for sure. Even if yeah, it's not yeah. the best for the actual event, I just want it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I can't complain with either one. I, I mean, I I can't complain with the back caliber, uh, in general. So it's going to be a good card. We're going to want. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that pre-release, uh, you know, being said, let's segue into this last weekend's uh, Lima special event. Um, I don't have the full breakdown. I think it was a smaller event. It was just a handful over a hundred. I think um, one twenty. It's one twenty-three is what I remember reading. Yeah. So yeah, it's slight, slightly better than a handful. But um, Mew. Um, rap or you know, Mew Fusion Strike with the Meloetta builds with the uh, with the um, Elsa Spiral and all that. Um, still staying strong wins another event. I think this is what three in a row now for Mew, um, <laughs> which is actually doing better, um, than when it was BDIF in you know, a couple sets back. Um, I feel like it's winning more consistently now. Uh, that you know, Lugia is out there with uh, in the Arceus decks are out there. Um, you know, those those two decks are kind of running rapid. Uh, you know, we still have Lost Box, but Mew just seems like it's it's I don't know, um, getting better with age. Yeah, I mean, it's the the Meloetta build is what is is currently winning things. Um, and it's with the inclusion of obviously Meloetta, but the other big inclusion is. Deoxys as well, right? Um, giving you a couple different outs into um, Lost Box matchups, so you're not relying on you to take knockouts um, right away. Uh, and Deoxys can kind of tank a hit for yeah, 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 as well. Cram can't one shot that. Um, yeah, so that it's that is giving it it's uh, I don't know a more favorable matchup, I guess. Against Lost Box because watching, looking at the winner who was Rodrigo um, Montoya, I think his name was. Yeah, he had his he had his uh, thing posted on Twitter what his matchups were. Uh, of the seven rounds, he played five Lost Box decks, all different types, but uh, he beat all five of them. So, yeah, Mew just uh, has answers for every version of it. It seems like even. Uh... Even with Lost Box in general, um, playing a lot of um, Drapion, Drapion, yes, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, So even with uh, Lost Box playing a lot of Drapion, it's still just being able to overcome it because of consistency. It's still um, 
I don't know if Rodrigo's list has, you know, path or peak, but I know they, they, they play a thinner path line, but they are still relying on that pressure. Um, so it still has really good matchups and answers for lost box. Um, we saw what it did, uh, you know, two weeks ago um, where it played against Lugia. It can just steamroll over that because of speed. And then Arceus variants, again, it's, it's one of those decks that can outpace it because um, both Lugia and Arceus, no matter the ver- version, needs to kind of set up so you can take advantage of that tempo. Um, so Muse just in a really good spot. We'll see what what it's like, you know, um, when when uh, the next set drops. Um, we do have one more event before that's legal, and then NAIC um, where all the new cards will be, will be legal. So we'll see if Mew can maintain, but. Every time we say, oh, yeah, well, Mew's just going to drop off, it still stays. So we'll see if, um, you know, Spirit Tomb and, and Party are going to really keep it down or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got Milwaukee coming up this weekend, seeing if it can go, I don't know, four in a row, I guess, three <laughs> weekends straight. Uh, we'll right. see. Um, that Mew speed and consistency is really... Um, Showing showing its legs right now, so uh, taking three pretty big events over the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, kind of excited to see that. I mean, it just keeps the meta very open. Um, you know, a, another deck that that did well. That's uh, not really a surprise to anybody. Is you know Lugia, uh, single strike. Um, the deck. Um, it's always at least consistently at least one or two in the top eights. It seems like has a really, really good matchup spread um, against everything, especially when it sets up. Um, you know, sometimes the deck can kind of beat itself. Uh, that's what kind of, I think, keeps it down, especially in those big moments, I feel like. Uh, it, it breaks at the most un- unopportune times. But uh, do you have anything to add to to Lugia? You played it this week at, at Locals, uh, you know, and I played it two weekends ago at, um, at Hartford. So, you know, the deck felt really good. Um, obviously, it's it's... It's seeing success, seeing top eight finishes. Um, so anything to add to Lugia? Yeah, I think having, you know, played it over the week weekend, um, it is one of those, it's one of those decks that it can, it's consistency is what wins its, its games. And sometimes, uh, like you said, it can, it can just lose that consistency. Uh, it can, and depending on the, what you're playing, you can really miss some flips, which might be, very advent in like not advantageous for you or uh something like that oh i mean we know um new plays cramorantic cramomatics and wants to flip heads on that but it's kind of an added bonus on this where lugia's playing like aromas and the mesagozas and it really needs to get what it wants when it wants yeah um that early game is really crucial for it so as long as it gets out of its own way, basically, if Lugia can get uh, some of the cards that it needs early game, uh, the only thing that the player, I think, then needs to do is manage your resources. Make sure yeah. you manage your energy. Like, that's the the rest of the game there is making sure you don't run out of energy so you can continue taking knockouts. Um, not always easy. Not always easy. Yeah. But yeah, again... Not- that the deck energy. doesn't want to always cooperate with you when you're doing that, but right. you got you got to make sure you got to find creative ways to do it. So, 
hundred percent. Moving on to the next one that got third, um, and not a surprise here, uh, Arceus Garatina. The deck is just consistent. Um, you know, it typically plays three to four path with with the heavy count of judge as well. So path judge uh, plus just consistent uh, hits, even though it's not going for Okos, at least the early game um, generally um, it can set up those Garatinas that, you know, threaten almost everything on the board. Um, and if you get your opponent under path lock after you use uh, RC's ability, um, again, just super solid. That's the deck that I use this week. That's the, you know, the strategy I took to, you know, win our locals and a couple side events there at Hartford. So the deck feels good still. Um, it's not really going anywhere. I feel like this one still poised to stay pretty relevant, uh, going into the next set. Um, so I don't know. What What are your thoughts on RC Garatina? Uh, the biggest selling point to me on RC Garatina is both of them, uh, as you know, if you get set up and you're doing your thing, they're both 280, 280 HP mons and they're not, not necessarily the easiest thing to get to. I mean, granted, some decks will do it easier. Um, I mean, you can hit 280. It can do it three times, uh, but mm-hmm. it can do it um, once. Well, I mean, with Meloetta, it can. But uh, it's a little harder if you're just using UV maxes. Uh, oh, but, like, in Lost Box, doesn't really want to hit 280. It can't, doesn't. Things aren't generally trying to get to that very high HP amount of damage yeah at the moment things can um but uh yeah it's it a lot of things rely on weakness and giratina not having one uh is helpful in that matchup uh so you have to get to the 280 and Arceus I don't I mean some things are probably adding some fighting attacker like fighting attackers to hit that thing for weakness we saw stone Journer and stuff like that mm-hmm. for in Lugia um but I mean it's not as prevalent across the board as things try to hit Lugia for weakness. Um in like like Raikou and stuff like that. So uh it can just to be two big beefy mons that are hard to get uh knockouts on that you can keep pace with them. So yeah. Um yeah, not much more to add. I think the deck is pretty solid. Um, you know, Arceus has always just been been around and I think he it's his time to shine because um you know he was down for a little while uh but you know he's come back uh with with a couple different kind of uh attacking mods as backup attackers um and just making deck solid and giving a lot of different uh diversity uh you know to decks that we're seeing um that being said uh the, another uh Arceus variant that has been seeing success recently is the Arceus Duraladon um, Umbreon VMAX deck. Um, the deck feels, again, it sets up differently. Uh, it might not play the Barrel engine. We didn't really talk about that with the uh, with the Garatina version. Uh, you know, makes it really consistent. But uh, this one um, really just kind of tries to set up, you know, the three Pokemon there, um, use Arceus's ability, and then maybe uh, Volo something off, um, you know, mid to late game uh, to make them go through a Duraladon uh, and and have to go through that prize race um and you know it hits for weakness on some of these psychic pokemon it blocks uh you know blocks damage from a lot of different uh pokemon that have special energies not the urshifu but you know a a lot of other things in in, um in lugia and obviously if you're playing 
Umbreon, you could uh, you know, use its its VMAX power uh to gust an early uh Urshifu before it gets to set up, and then you're just it's like it's it, you're in a really good position at that point. So your matchup spreads are pretty good at least against uh the top decks in the meta. Um but yeah, uh, you have anything to add to to Arceus, Duraludon, Umbreon? Yeah, I mean, this is just kind of that kind of like a, I want to call it a variant, but uh, a counterbox that Alex Shemansky started off with, with like Vulpix V and stuff like that. Um, the RC, it's using Arceus to power up two VMAXs that are a, a one hard to knock out. And then two, they are good against uh, other decks, uh, really good against other decks in the meta. Umbreon uh, being very good against Mew, obviously with the ability to boss things, uh, but you can also, you know, one hit uh, Mew VMAX without relying on a Drapion. Uh, you can also use Umbreon against um, Gardevoir, other psychic Pokemon in the meta. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said, it doesn't really, it's not, if you're using it in other things, it might be easier to knock out, but in those matchups, it's not easy for those to get knocked out. Um, so Umbreon holds up. And then Duraludon on the other side is the same reason why it's been sticking around. It says no to Lugia um, pretty much because everything relies on special energy. Uh, and it's, it really says, gives it a hard time trying to hit it. Now, Single Strike Urshifu is there to punch these things, but it requires all of your Single Strike energy on him mm-hmm. to take out one of these. So doing it repetitively is a little bit harder for for a um, Lugia to do. So if oh yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, I I Uh, saw that matchup in Hartford, and it was it it was not not great. (laughs) Yeah. So depending on speed and and setup, who gets set up properly first, and and going like that, uh, the match can kind of snowball one way or the other. Um, So yeah, I mean. It just does well in the meta of things that are currently very popular in the meta. So agreed. And then the last deck that I want to talk about that made top eight here, um, and this one's not typical of you know what we normally talk about, is that Inteleon VMAX Rapid Strike Urshifu uh VMAX combination uh with with the Octillery, um, and then just you know, doing a lot of ping damage uh, with the with the uh, Inteleons, and then either following that up with Rapid Strike Urshifu or um, or a um, Yoga Loop to be able a Metacham to do Yoga Loop to take multiple prizes uh, or multiple turns in a row. Um, the deck always feels like it has a really good like head sim when like oh I can do this this and this to like this deck, um, but in actuality. Um, usually it it's wildly inconsistent and also and if you take out the um the octillery it feels like that that kind of crumbles so i was a little surprised to see that uh jump up the sixth place uh, but it definitely is an interesting deck um what do you have to say about that deck i'm not i, I mean i'm gonna joaquin i'm gonna give him props for making sixth place with it um uh you went I think it says five one two on the day. I'm gonna give this like this deck can make a day two. We've seen it in day two of 
larger thousand person regionals. But I think this one was a smaller, because it was a smaller event, it had a better chance of sneaking into this cut because it didn't have to go through 14 or 15 rounds of Swiss uh, and, and come out with a very good winning record. Right. Um, uh, so, uh, he, I mean, I'm going to say Joaquin probably knows how to play this deck very well uh, against all of these matchups that we talked about. So he knows how to get wins. But I think being that you only had to get through uh, seven or eight rounds to make before you get top to get to top eight, um, then that was what helped it to sneak in, uh, being that he was running hot on the day or, or I mean, and playing well, uh, obviously, too, and and didn't have to go through as many rounds as these thousand person regionals, which probably puts it a little stress on the consistency factor of that deck, which is right. its biggest problem because it has so many pieces and, and bench space mons that it needs to use to get this whole Rube Goldberg machine of taking extra turns and spreading damage and doing all that um, to, to work. So uh, great scenario. I mean, it was like a, I don't know, best case scenario for it to do really well. And it did. And uh, props to him for taking it as far as it did. 100%. Uh, all right. Two more decks I want to talk about. Both got snubbed out of the top eight. Um, one may be more surprising than the other, but we'll start with the less surprising one, I guess. And that is Gardevoir EX. Uh, you know, all that, um, you know, that engine. Um, still not seeing a lot of success there after, you know, the initial, you know, toward taking it uh, to the to the finals. Um, and then, you know, that first couple weekends after that, um, once people learned how to play against it, um, it seemed to kind of fall off and it, it's still kind of staying in that, you know, that zone that's it's not super uh, consistently staying at the top uh, of the meta. Yeah, yeah, definitely is not uh, getting as many consistent uh, finishes as we might have thought. And maybe that is, like you said, since Tord played it, it doesn't have a lot of room to vary itself. So like you said, people know how to play against it. And maybe they've added a few things or they know what not to do against it. And then it doesn't have uh, any kind of other mon that it can throw in there or kind of variations that it can throw into the deck to keep everybody else kind of on their toes on how to play against it because what it uses is basically the best options it has. And right. if you put anything in, you might, it, it doesn't necessarily do as well. So that is probably its biggest factor. I think, I think also uh, once Paldea Revolver releases the, the ability to maybe throw off other decks because it is a stage two, it is one of the few stage two decks that purely relies on a, a stage two ev evolution um the constant flux of having more cards of hand disruption um that is going to slow down things even a little bit more just because you're it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to set up faster but it means your opponent is not going to set up as fast as well right because you're keeping their hand in flux um maybe that gives it a little bit of a resurgence on that front yeah i think it so. will see a little bit of resurgence uh once we get the the next set um, and then just maybe seeing some of the natural predators kind of falling off a little bit. 
Um, and obviously, I guess that's a good transition into um, one of its main predators that beats it because uh, it could deal with it could deal with the Lugias and the Mews and, and the Arceuses because it wants to take those one shots. It's it's the Lost Box variants, especially this the the heavily reliant on single prize attacker Lost Box variants that really kind of mess up that math or the prize trading because there are a bunch of stage twos uh, attacking for the most part. Um, but with that being said. Lost Box, in this uh, smaller tournament, any variant of it didn't make top eight at all. Um, do we feel that Lost Box is just falling off because, you know, players are wanting to play things that are just a little bit quicker uh, to get through? Or do we feel like it's just kind of starting to fall off because, um, you know, uh, RCS decks are seeing a lot more popularity? Uh, Lugia still has pretty good answers against it. And obviously Mew um, with the... Um, with the Deoxys is, is having another answer for it, um, being able to tank hints and stuff like that. Uh, do we feel, do we find because of those three decks kind of seeing like the top three spots that we're seeing a little bit of downfall in, in Lost Box? Uh, yeah, I think uh, also the bubble, the the growing bubble on Lost Box might have burst a little bit. I'm mm. a, I'm a big fan of Lost Box in this meta. Um, uh, so like there's only two decks I would I would take to a tournament it's Lost Box and Lugia um, so I still think Lost Box is good into this meta but I think at, at this point it, uh, there's a lot of people jumping on the Lost Box because it was something that is, was really hyped to be really good into the meta it was performing well and then things just start beating it and it's one of those decks that you really need reps you need to know how to play it because if you're not knowing what you're doing and you're really overthinking every decision or just i wouldn't say overthinking it just being confident whatever you're choosing because mm -hmm. that's the way i play it I'm, I'm, I'm making this decision i'm not over gonna think it sometimes you might have to take an extra second to think about something but you really just want to know like do i need this or or not and go through the game fast enough because you're probably you might need to play three games because if you're going to lose a game you're going to lose it after playing for 15 to 20 minutes already like you're you're gonna like the the variant kind of plays a long game where you might lose it when you're not, it looks like you're going to win it or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so. Where Lost. Play it. Go ahead. Yeah. Lost Box is definitely a high ceiling deck. Um, as a beginner player, I wouldn't suggest it. Um, it is a deck that takes just longer. Um, so uh, even if you're a really skilled player uh, going into, you know, uh, a regionals or an IC playing nine rounds um you know and potentially three uh, three game sets in each of them um is a very daunting uh mental task so it's definitely there but uh you know obviously there's a lot of really skilled players that can you deal with that um having Kyogre in a deck um gives it like an element which most decks don't have I think it's probably the best closing attacker in the game. Uh, but again, sometimes it, to get to that point uh, for the average player, it just is a little too much to ask for, especially going into, you know, around seven, eight, nine uh, of, of a long day. Uh, so that might obviously this is a smaller tournament, but that still might be, um, at least in my mind, why you know, Lost Box kind of took a dip. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if there was any like uh, top, top name players that went to this. Uh, that might also have a factor because I feel like. Uh, the Grant Manleys, the Zools of the world, uh, you know, are are thriving with Lost Box, um, you know, getting to those top finishes. 
Well, I mean, there was obviously some there since we I can we can see Rodriguez uh, matchups due to his tweet, but he mm-hmm. went through five on the day. So I mean, there's there's a good amount of people playing that that he went through at least five uh, um, for the first five rounds. Different variants, but yeah, it, might, it also might just be that skill ceiling that we were talking about too, because it lost box is probably the most difficult deck to play overall. Um, with just sequencing and and resource management and things like that, so that could have been and, and been it, the case too. It's, it's and we say that like I say that like I agree with you. It's skill intensive, and you need to know what you're doing. Um, and it's hard hard to play. And it's not necessarily like you don't know what you're doing. Like in general, playing the cards, it's about the speed at which you play the game as well, because. Getting three games done with the with Lost Box is infinitely harder than doing it with, say, Mew or even Alugia, uh, like going at each other because of the games stretch longer and right. it's really harder and, and it's harder to navigate. And it's like the analogy I can kind of think of because I always try and think of analogies that can kind of compare stuff. Playing if if you're gonna say like playing Lugia or or Mew V Max. It's like driving on a highway, and then you have your exit. You come off to do you get to your win conditions. You have nice, neat exits that you know you can take. Yeah, Lost Box is like driving in a downtown city, <laughs> just on the roads. So you have you can turn right, then left, then right, then left, and go all, and you can go in a big circle to get yourself back to where you were. But there's so many different avenues to get to where from A to B that you can. It, you can kind of paralyze yourself in decision making where you just got to be confident in what you're choosing and to get where you need to go. Right. And that's going to help you get there in time. Yeah. And if, if you are going to pick a lost box variant, especially if you're, you know, a mid-tier player like, uh, you know, you and I, um, you need to get those reps in because you need to know as many of those decisions uh, that you need to make in a flash so you can make them in a flash and not, you know, deliberate on them for like a minute or two. Uh, when you know, uh, you know, with you, you've been playing Lost Box um, for the last couple months now, um, and you're making those decisions within you know 30 seconds, and that's what you really need to do uh, when you're playing Lost Box, just to be able to time management um, as well as resource mm-hmm. management. Yeah, and I mean, and the other thing is, uh, the, the Lost Box is always going to make you make a decision you don't want to make. Like you're gonna, right. you're gonna be like. Uh, playing, uh, they're going to give you your last Sable, Sableye and your last uh, energy, your last chorus. And you're going to go, Oh God, what do I do? Like, yeah, uh, you got to make that choice. Like um, there's, there's always going to be those decisions where you get the two cards you need from a flower selecting and you have to pick one and find a way to get it back. Right. So um, yeah, and that's lost box. It's definitely lost box. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are those are the decks really to you know look out for. Uh, nothing really is changed. Obviously, with the new set, we're gonna have uh, you know new archetypes come in. Um, some older archetypes, you know, maybe find some new blood and maybe some cards uh, that are coming in. We'll push a few of these uh, decks kind of down uh, down the tier list. So um, can't wait for NIC. We'll talk a little bit about preparation there after our middle of the show, but. With that being said, I think it's time to get into the middle of the show. Yes, let's open it up with some trivia. It's time, time for trivia. Let's, let's trivia. have you start us off this week where you, uh, you know, you open a pack and try to get me to guess because uh, 
Yeah, so the, you've seen the fun. you've seen the pack that I'm giving you. It is this week's uh winning oh, the trivia question. This week's winnings. So uh, I'm gonna open this guy up. Let's see what I get. And then the trivia question is obviously gonna be the pull from from this. So we'll try not to get an energy card. Uh, I hope pool. you get the Charizard. <laughs> so <laughs> see the excitement so, on your face. So we'll, we'll see what uh, what it can be this week. All right. Um, so I have a feeling that either one of these is going to be easy. Um, you know me in trivia. Sometimes so I make it easy, you make it very hard. So, so yeah, you're going to have to get both of these. These are both my hollow hits from my prize pack. So this is the first one. All right. So this is a trainer. Once during each player's turn, that player may search their deck for basic lightning Pokemon or basic dragon Pokemon and put it onto their bench. Then yeah, we had this one, Stormy Mountain. Yep. Okay, that's we one. we had this one already. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. That's why I was like, that's a gimme. So this is my other Hollow. I only have this is an attack, and we have one to give you, uh, and it's Mad Party. You know, well, one in four chance. Are all uh, in the prize packs? Are those all all four Mad Parties in there? I feel like it's like Sinistee. I think, or what's the evolution? Poltegeist or Pulte? Was the evolution of Sinistee Poltegeist? What? What? Yes, but I also gave you a hint that I only have one attack to give you. So that see, means I, I didn't play Mad Mad uh, Mad. I didn't. Mm. So the pol- the Pulte guys had two attacks then. Well, the Pulte guys had an attack and an ability because it had Mad Party. Oh, so oh, but they all have the ability Mad Party, or don't they? No, it's the attack. Okay. Uh, so is that Buttle Buttleby was one of them? Buttleby was one of them. It was Pulte guys oh, was the other one. Now I have a thirty-three percent chance. What are you saying? How did it go down? Because that there's we all know there's four Mad Partiers. And yes. we've eliminated that I can't be one of them. Yes, so so, so it's not Poltergeist. So it could be Bottleby. It could be Mr. Rhyme, which I don't think it is. And what was the other one? Um, it was a Dedene. So it's either Dedene or, or Bottleby. I am I'm not gonna... telling you what type it is. <laughs> no, no, I know that. I'll basic, give it. Yeah, we'll give it to me. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say to Dene. You, sir, are correct Let's for this go. week. That one yeah. was harder Both because hits. I didn't. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know, obviously ask for the type because that's just a, a layup right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have anything else I could really give you that wasn't as a hint that was gonna not give it away. Yeah, but, well, uh, yeah, see, people could have been like bad part of that anything. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a dead giveaway, but I think the stadium was. But those were my hits. Yeah, yeah, nothing too crazy. So, nothing too crazy. Yeah, but I got them. I, we got. I I made the easy easy. And that's all I can really ask for. Because uh, sometimes, like you, <laughs> like I've said, I've made the easy very very difficult. I'll describe the card to a T, except for the name of the Pokemon. Uh, but you know, the last two weeks I haven't done that, so I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah. Good job. Let's go. All right. So I have a Pokemon here. Um, we're going to play guess that Pokemon this attack and or ability belongs to. Uh, of course, this is standard uh, legal as per usual. Um, so this week's Pokemon's 
a Pokemon attack is Petrifying Flame. Petrifying Flame. I have no clue who this could be, but I have an inkling that is Typhlosion. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I've. I think I've looked at Typhlosion this week. It has flame in the attack name, but it's a ghost mon. It's psychic mon as well because it's Suian. So I'm going with Suian Typhlosion. You nailed it, man. I give you a V Pokemon and you nail it like it's nothing. I thought maybe <laughs> flame would put you off onto like fire types before you had asked me, you know, what type it was. Uh, I guess, you know, that I, I went a little bit on the mid tier, uh, on the easy scale, and uh, you 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 hit that. You're like, I have no idea, but Typhlosion's come to mind. Yeah, I guess you had an idea. I had it, I guess that was a, a misleading statement. I guess I had an idea. I did happen to look at Typhlosions earlier this week, and I was like, yeah, I never built that deck, even though I got the cards for it. Right. And I looked up, I looked it over again. And I was like, yeah, there's still not a reason to build this deck. Right. So I know you were excited when you got the Japanese ones. You're like, oh, I can I can proxy yeah. with these and test and we'll make this work. And then it just never happened. Yep, never happened. Um I paired it up with I, I remember put I put the cards aside. I put two a two two dragapult with it too. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was gonna be killer. Nope. It just never worked. It's so, the combo that everybody theorized, but it just never, you know, paid off. Yep. Well, that's gonna call it for trivia, but we need to do another edition of Who Will Win. And I I'm going to go to one that I, I kind of, this would be one that I would want to see, especially like if it was like a, a wrestling match or something. I don't know. I've wanted to do this one, but I kind of feel like it's a cop out because I'm doing legendary Pokemon. I mean, I, I did I last week. This, huh? I did last week, so it's fine. Yeah, well, so this is a, we're doing a. Triple threat match, or whatever you want to call it. The fatal three. 1v1v1. 1v1v1. Oh, Only one smack. will survive. Adding a wrinkle into this. <laughs> Adding a wrinkle. This is a triple threat, whatever you 1v1v1. So it's, I, I think these fight these three fighting each other would be interesting. And um, we're going to throw weaknesses out the window. So it's Suicune versus Zentai. Versus Raikou. The three legendary beasts as and they're the, and, called. And we're reiterating no no weaknesses and they don't get abilities. This is just straight physical fighting. Just physical fighting. Who do we think? Now, I mean, we obviously know like some of them are built for speed. Raikou. You know, some of them are built for uh, brute strength, I guess, in Entai. We, we, we know we see that. And we had, and yeah, and Suicune is right. He's right in the middle. He's right in the middle. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. And this is like not a clear cut one. Uh, and and definitely we're not going to, you know, what, somebody's going to get left out, um, I think. So in the past, you know, you would say your answer and I would have to, to vouch for the other one, regardless of if I thought that was right or wrong. Um, but I'm going to go brute strength. I'm going to go, um, you know, the first 
full art Pokemon that I've ever pulled, you know, a GX at the time. Um, the card was not great, but I felt like I was um, amazing at the game when I when I finally unlocked this on PTCGO <laughs> and then playing it in real life. And that would be Entei. Entei is a special place in my heart compared to the other two. Um, and, you know, me, I like to do straight um, strength, beat things down. I think, you know, um, Raikou's fast, but he's not going to really, you know, he's going to have to try to get in there for the hit. Uh, on Entei at some point, and then he's just going to get like slammed. It's almost like that big slam in Smash Brothers, um, where Entei has a baseball bat or something like that. Uh, so that's that's where I'm going because he's big, brute, and strength. He's he's by, uh, you know, I would say even regardless of who you pick, I would think you would still say Entei is the strongest of the three. Um, and I'm going strength over speed. Yeah, you know what? I I, I can't argue with that because. If I were going to see this in my head play out, like there's there these three are like circling, mm-hmm. and I think I think Raikou and Suicune look at each other and they jump at Entai first, like they just know that like he's the strong one, true. So they got to go at him first. So if I had to pick one of the three, I'm going to actually pick the one in the middle. I'm going to go with Suicune. I think his versatility will get him out of this matchup. I think he's going to be able to. Collusion kind of is that's yeah, but you're you're saying there's collusion against Sente. That's not well, that's not fighting fair, but you know it is what I it think, is. I think I think it's a triple threat match. You gotta you gotta kind of play your this, play your. Uh, he's got to get Raikou to come in, and then Entai beats up on Raikou because he's Suicune's a little crafty and speedy, not as fast as Raikou. Gets him gets him in the fight. He lets lets Entai Raikou fight out. He watches a little bit, jumps on the weaker one. He's 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 crafty. That's what I'm gonna say. You, he's crafty. you were just you, what you're doing is giving me flashbacks of uh, my youth when I used to play Risk with uh, with my <laughs> brother and our neighbor friend, which they would always they would always like let's play. No, it's gonna be one v one v one. It'll be fair, totally fair. And every time they every would time they would team up against me <laughs> to try to take me out first. You know, most of the time it worked because they knew I was the stronger individual player. Um, Somebody but, always gets bigger first. Right. And then yeah. the two, one, two jump. That's it's going to be similar, I yep. think. Yep, you're just giving I me PTSD so. when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Suicune outlasts Raikou and then somehow turns that to outlast an Entei. But I don't know how it would go. I think this would be a match for the ages. That's why I picked it. I th- I literally think it could be fun, especially if you're like, you know, throw like not necessarily abilities, but you just, you know, imagine they control the elements that they have. I'm not saying they do like extra damage, but it would be a crazy fun, like just in general fight to see, I think. Um, as yeah. well. I, so, I agree. It would be a, a... Uh, fight for the ages for sure and it's also again another side tangent really reminds me uh we need more legendary trios in the game so we got the birds we got the galarian birds i don't know if you want to count that then we got the we got the dog slash cats uh right there where we have those three uh and then they're they're new forms but um you know we have some dynamic duos like mew mewtwo we have you know things like that um Excellent. you know we, we got zashi and zamazenta Maridon, Karidon, but we need another trio of legendaries coming up. I mean, 
those are really the only two trios that we have, right? Unless I'm completely missing something. You you could argue that the Lake Spirits are a trio, but um, in my head, I think they're all psychic Pokemon. Still. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We we need we need more of multiple types of trios or something like that. So I, I wouldn't count those those like the Lakeside ones. Um, I mean, uh, then there's the I don't know what they call them, but like the 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 Tornadus, Landorus. And then there's uh, yeah, um, I guess so there is that. Uh, yeah, they're a little underwhelming, I think, when it comes to those other ones. Maybe, maybe some something on the level where they're just like, oh man, like these these are like awesome mods. I think those the you know the the four you mentioned there, um, where you're technically right there. I think they just kind of fall short overall. Mm-hmm. But we do. I think you are right, though. I think we do need another good trio Pokemon. Like we okay. haven't really had. In my eyes, a good one in a little bit. So um, we'll see. Um, so uh, this is where we turn it over to you, the the listener. We need to know who will win. Let us know on socials or even uh, in the survey on Spotify. The new team Raikou, Team Suicune with me, Team Entei with Jake. And hey, you know what? Maybe we're all wrong and Team Raikou is the best. Right. Know? I mean, there's a there's an argument for sure. But uh, now it is time for sponsors. Let's uh, turn it over to them. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at Sports Car Junction. Dot com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right, we are back. Thanks again to our sponsors. And uh, it is time to get into the new. And, uh, the first order of business is, before I forget, uh, I want to bring up our Lugia Art giveaway real quick. Um, we uh not going to give it away just yet, mostly because we don't have all of the donation information uh, from anyone who actually donated to the, the CJC charity to make sure that they get their extra entries. So right. uh, just didn't have it in time to reveal it today. We will um, basically, you guys are getting bonus days to jump in more entries or give us the keyword Gumi if you haven't entered at all to get into the Lugiar giveaway, which will still be the photo for the episode and links will be in the, in the show notes but we will make a special announcement when we give it away if not uh this week if you don't hear that this week it'll be given away next episode for sure we just want to make sure everything's done right and fair yeah so, with a long uh, weekend definitely sure um you know we're all busy and we're uh you know nick was pretty busy this weekend as well so yeah want to you know didn't think about holiday weekend, kind right. of messing things up a little bit, uh, uh, making sure that we get the information because we're working. It, all the information is obviously not going right to me or Jake. It's multiple parties in this, so in in the donation channel. So we want to make sure we get everything done properly. Um, that's all. I wanted to make sure everyone knows it's still coming. We're not forgetting about it. Uh, yep. It will be either. We'll be definitely don't uh, giving away this uh, next coming episode, if not. For then, 
Um, I still plan on winning it, though, even with the delay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you get extra time to get your extra donations in um, and or get your entry in with the keyword Gumi to either of us or the Pokemon Twi- or, or our podcast Twitter. Uh, anywhere you see us, just let us know. Hey, Gumi, give me in that. Or hey, Jake, Charlie, Gumi's the keyword. Let us know. Get us get us in that uh, giveaway. Yep. So do it. All right. Now, for the rest of the news, uh, we have a couple more cards. We're, we're still getting uh, cards from the Pokemon 151 set from Japan. We also officially got Obsidian Flames revealed as well uh, in the U.S. That will be the next set after Paldea Evolved um, with the the terra for, uh, the Terraform of Charizard uh, EX being the Dark Pokemon. So we know that's coming in August, I believe. Um, so we'll keep an eye out for those spoilers, but we getting back to the 151 cards. There's two more, uh, two more that got revealed that I thought were interesting. Um, one goes with a Pokemon that we talked about in a previous cast. And then we have coughing and wheezing, uh, obviously one of the original 151, but we got, uh, coughing doesn't do anything special besides confuse, um, your opponent, uh, with an attack. So traditional basic Pokemon that you want to evolve into Weezing that comes with uh, an ability and an attack. Uh, the attack is for a double colorless spinning gas, does 50 damage, and it does 10 damage to each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. So a small amount of damage and some spread damage to everything. Uh, but then the ability is what I find truly interesting. Uh, if this Pokemon is in the active spot and is knocked out by damage from an opponent's attack, Flip a coin. If heads, the attacking Pokemon is knocked out. So, uh, mm. you know, little little payback Pokemon there. Um, we've seen this before. Um, so I don't know if it'll see major use, but uh, it is kind of a neat little niche counterattack. Yeah, um, my my initial they, thoughts on this is it's not going to ever really see meta play. It'll be more at your local level, and if you're not prepared for it. Um, you know, you're you're gonna get in in trouble there, where you only have one attacker, and then you'll flip heads, and then like your whole plan goes downhill. Um, but you know, uh, there are definitely ways to get around it. Escape rope, boss. Um, and if there's nothing else to attack on the bench, obviously you're still knocking out that Pokemon and losing yours, so you just win the game then too. Um, you know, obviously it's a, a card that could be very annoying to play against, but I don't I don't suspect. Uh, that we'll see, you know, a lot of meta relevant play with him. Yep. Um, he is one that I just think you might want to you keep in if dark. I don't know, like a darky tool, dark toolbox decks or something like that might be uh, make use of them somehow. Only but, if we still, you know, had ascension with the with the ability block one too. So you had different options, I guess. Uh, only if Eternatus was still here. Right. Uh, all right, so the other one I wanted to talk about uh, is uh, we, we've got Gloom uh, from 151. So we've seen Vileplume. Um, and Vileplume, uh, if you remember, it had the ability where you evolve it and then you look at the top eight cards of your deck and attach any number of basic energy cards uh, you like. So Gloom uh, is uh, has a very similar uh, ability it's called early bloom energy where bioplumes was full bloom so when you do when you play this uh, you look at the top three cards of your deck 
and attach any number of basic energy cards. So with this combination, so you can, so now we know you can kind of play the entire line of right. It's a good, you know, viable. You know, it's a good line. It's it gives me, you know, uh, flashes of Intellions where you know the middle one was relevant. Maybe not as good overall, but you know, it's still. Uh, energy acceleration. Uh, yeah, that's one thing that grass has been lacking, uh, other other than like um, straight attackers as well. Um, but it, you know, this is another you know card that can help that archetype, and it doesn't have to be grass Pokemon, right? Just grass energies. Yeah, it's just basic energy. Like oh, basic it can energy, be any yeah. basic energy. It doesn't have to be grass. Just that it is basic energy. Right. So I mean, yeah, that's definitely use for this. Um, where it fits in right now, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm. Sh- Sure that we're going to see this uh, be relevant, um, you know, down the road. Well, uh, that's all I really have to say. I think it's interesting. I don't know if three cards is truly what's going to make it good. I mean, eight is really nice for the vile plume, right? Uh, I don't know if three is like good enough that you wanted you want to use this uh, line, but um, for the gloom to work as well, but. It is extra energy acceleration, so um, we shall see. Yeah, it's it's um, not the greatest, but obviously it's better than having nothing on it on the middle evolution, right? right? So as long as you get something and then get to Vileplume, um, just because of you know the middle card doing something, um, in addition, um, still makes it, I guess, the whole line more relevant than not. All right, uh, that's going to kind of sum it up. Uh, uh, the rest of the cards are not too crazy. Um, I mean, we saw some uh, Spiro and Firo and uh, um, one other card. Uh, oh, last thing I wanted to say was Tinkerton is going to be a GameStop promo. Uh, it's also the pre-release promo. Um, but if you if you want a Tinkerton, head to your GameStop and you get a promo there. Um that's it for the news. Let's uh, move on to what is it? NIC NIC, talk. Yeah, NIC talk. Well, this one might be a little short. Um, uh, it's all more for you know preparation. Uh, so this is, I believe, different from last year. I don't think I, I know we had Palkia, uh, which was one of the top decks uh, that came into the meta. Uh, obviously, Arceus was still there. Mew was still there. Um, and, you know, there were others, but um, we still had a little bit of time to test, um, you know, from when Palkia came out to NIC. But this year, we're really not having any tournaments to go off of as far as, you know, the Paldeo uh, Evolved comes out. Uh, so we're going to, it's going to be a brand new meta potentially, um, either with our deck archetypes or brand new archetypes in total. Um, so it makes it a little bit more interesting than last year. Um it, I don't know how to exactly go about this. I know there's going to be your Ting, Ting Lu um, is supposed to be good. Um, and we got Chen Pao is supposed to be good. Um, but I don't know if I'm brave enough to play a, a, a deck that's not proven um, at this point in my Pokemon career um, to, you know, just bring to a tournament there. Uh, so I guess... You know, obviously, we still have, you know, the top three we talked about earlier when we were talking about the recap. Um, Obviously, Lost Box is still there. Um, What route would you go? Would you go more of a proven uh, deck uh, with maybe one or two cards different from the set or, you know, to your um, 
to your liking to what you think the meta is going to be at? Or are you more inclined to, you know, say, you know what, I think this new deck is going to be good and I'm going to go with it. Uh, it, This is going to be one where it really kind of um, depends on your confidence level and and what you can test in in newer cards. Because I know there are definitely some uh, newer cards that are uh, viable in the format. We we knew a couple of them. um, Chen Pao uh, in Vax Caliber is going to be pretty much a newer archetype. It's water, so we've seen water before, but um, it's different. I mean, it's a different animal than Palkia um, as well. Uh, Ting Lu uh, is going to be a good Pokemon as well. Um, in the format, in in uh, I believe that disrupts a lot as well. Yeah. Um, uh, even like there's some other Dark Horser kind of like bonds, and Meowskarada is actually a decent play. I mean, it might not be good enough for NAIC, but right. um, you may see it. Um, that's a new deck archetype that's going to be out. Um, and then the other things that. Um, the other wrinkles that can happen in um, current archetypes of decks. Um, I mean, uh, we will get the trainer cards necessary to have the Drifloon combo work in Gardevoir now. So they can take large knockouts with a small basic Pokemon that's not named Zashian V. Um, uh, it has, we, we, so there's a new wrinkle in that, in that archetype. Um, Obviously, just in general, what Iona brings to other decks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as well. So there's a lot of different things that are going to just change up a lot of the formulas for a lot of decks. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. Um, and I don't know to what, you know, severity or how good these new decks are going to be. Obviously, I think they're, you know, worth testing and, and um, you know, to the right player bringing them. Uh, for me, like I, I, I want to go with something a little bit more proven, um, with maybe one or two cha- uh, changes with like Ionos or something like that. Um, but uh, you know, something that I'm a little bit more comfortable with at this point. Um, also, I am, you know, I've heard it on both sides where some people, uh, some some veterans of the game, you know, that were in the game when N was a thing, um. You know, they're saying, hey, Iono is going to be the card. It's going to be something you need to work around. The price trade's different. Um, and some people saying, you know, it's going to be good, but maybe not right away, uh, just based off of what is, you know, seeing success right now currently. Um, are we going to see Lugia's really put Iono's in their deck, um, you know, at a four count? Are we going to see, um, you know, uh, Lost Box do that? Probably not. Um, is Lost Box going to die? I don't know. Um, but it's definitely something I want to, I want to have a, a way around Iono or kind of Iono resistance, um, and also just proven, uh, proven decks. So for me, I, I'm leaning towards some kind of Arceus, um, uh, variant with Babarel, Squobit and Lugia being kind of like that next set. Like if, Hey, I just don't feel like this is quite good enough. Um, jumping back uh, on Lugia, because like we said, even if you get Iono um, late game with Lugia, sometimes it doesn't even matter because 
hey, you've already got your energy acceleration. So who cares if you, uh, you know, have any other cards? So um, those are the two, you know, the two that are leading there, obviously maybe making one or two changes to both decks, um, you know, after the set comes out um, to see how that goes. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm brave enough right now to, to pick any of the new decks, even though I definitely respect them and definitely want to test yeah. against them. Yeah, I think um, if I was going to go with a new archetype, I think Chen Pao with Bax Caliber would be the... I think that's your biggest new archetype that you will probably see mm -hmm. uh, because the kind of simple... The engine and everything is kind of within the two new cards. And then you really just need to, you know, supplement it with... You can kind of take a Palkia shell... And add the it's it's more or less you can add this to a Palkia list currently, right? And kind of um, put that into it rather than um, starting fresh, um, right? Palkia is a solid deck. I brought it to NIC last year. Obviously, it will look different, but you know, gives it different yeah. options. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but you, I think, I think a lot of the people, a lot of players are going to be with you because there isn't going to be a tournament to draw off of. It's going to be right. literally your own testing, um, and then what you what you see it can do with matchups. So a lot of people are going to take a proven archetype. We've seen that um, a lot of times with brand new formats, um, a proven archetype with maybe uh, you know a few of the power cards you see come out, and we all know the power cards uh, in the set as in in Palais Evolve being. Like, like Iono is a card you want to look at putting into your deck. It's going to be very good. A and the Reversal Energy. Um, I believe it's called Reversal Energy now. It's the three. It's mm -hmm. the special energy. To give you three, uh, any energy as long as you're down on prizes. Right. Um, I mean, there's also, you know, uh, the Jet Energy and the Prism Energy, which is the any color, um, but you can only have that on it. So, I mean, not too much for Lugia besides maybe the the reversal energy um, to add to that. Um, but yeah, these these are the cards that you might see just get added into current archetypes. Like uh, you have to weigh the options. Like you were saying, do you want to really run Ionos in a heavy count in Lugia? Because if you, what are you going to replace the researches? But then you can't just research away your Archeops, right? Uh, which is what. Which is very. You still might see one or two, but it's like, yeah. I mean, how how detrimental is that really going to be? Like, yeah, it's not. We're, we're not adding any extra uh, discard effects in in the forms of like uh, quick balls or things like that that are gone. So we're not getting anything like that to add in. Um, so yeah. So do you want to do that? And then how? Like, if you're playing Lost Box and you're like, how many Ionas am I going to see? Am I do like how consistent can I make this deck if I'm going to get a new hand of x amount of cards every turn right so like do you feel confident in playing it with a new fresh hand every turn or something like that so there are options the way i think we're going to see in neic more what of what we've been seeing with some new options like i think the the big three that we're going to see of new cards added in iono the reversal energy and super rod but that's just because Super Rod's superior uh, recovery than anything else we currently had. Right. Do you so, think? Do you think with the with the Super Rod and uh, the 
reversal energy, not the reversal, the this the energy that switches the do you think that's okay. gonna be enough to keep lost box variances um um you know very relevant or do you think Iono is going to drag it down or you think it's somewhere in between where they kind of even themselves out? I think um I think uh the lost box will still be able to play in the and keep up with the format, but the the like I don't think it can rely on that turbo aspect that it currently has because it requires, I think, having a lot of kind of like a lot of specific cards you want in your hand so that you can get the lost box going quickly. And you might get that one turn, like the early turn to do to do that, but then when you get Ionode and then you're seeing five cards or six cards that you didn't have before. Um, you might be able to still move the game along mm-hmm. uh, in that you get some cards in the lost zone, but you might not be executing that same exact game plan you want because you're not, you know, setting up your, your hand for your next turn. You're basically trying to every turn, you have to try and get the cards you need to attack with. And then to hopefully, maybe set up your hand for next turn or maybe you don't even set it up. You just plan on getting Ionode or judged like who knows, but that's, that's something that you will have to worry about because with Iono, you will have definitely a lot more hand disruption in the format. So yeah. you can't build your combo in your hand constantly. It's mm-hmm. not going to be something that I don't think the lost box player is going to want to go and get everything at once out of its deck right away. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, um, you know, being able to see with some of this disruption, um, shutting abilities off with Spear Tomb, and I believe is what Ting Lu that does that too, right? Or mm-hmm. um, yeah, so uh, in combination with like a Lucha and stuff like that. So uh, and a lot of decks are going to be susceptible to that, especially um, you know decks with you know with the the loss loss on like we just talked about, but Barrel trying to get out of that. Um, and then obviously, like Blue Minions and and um, Genesex and stuff like are are definitely a little bit more on target. Um, where people are gonna maybe try to shut them down and have answers for them. Um, so with that being said, especially with the with the Halucha combo that we were saying with Ting Lu, um, do we feel that you know there are gonna be healing cards like Potion or or Picnic Basket or something to try to mitigate that that chance of being locked out obviously that's taken away from consistency um in the deck you know other than that you know that specific niche do you think uh that's something to consider as a player as well um either for or against uh i don't that's going to be the hard judgment call because tinglu is really the one i can't remember spirit tomb needs to have damage on it. i think it's no spirit tomb just blocks basic bees uh, abilities like Gensect, Fish, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you might want to have a game plan to get rid of that, you know, if you're like a Mew or something that relies heavily on uh, basic Vs. I mean, obviously, um, Lost Box has its ways uh, of getting, a, like, moving Pokemon around, but it doesn't really matter with Spirit Team, I think, where it is. Right. Uh, but it's only basic Vs, so that doesn't matter. I'm, I'm getting yeah, Lost Box doesn't worry it, really about Spirit Tomb. It's more the, um, you know, the... the Puff Keys and stuff. But yeah. The, and, the, and Ting the, Lu, the Ting Lu is really how how popular do you think that's going to be? That that's the is, thing. I, I, I don't know because it's it's going to be that, that deck that... How many people are going to be willing to bring that to NIC, right? That's the, yeah. the unknown commodity going into the biggest tournament of the year. 
Um, it might be the play uh, to shut those kind of things off, but also on the same token, um, you know, it's not proven. And and do you get the right 60 or even close to it? Um, and where, who do you attack with? Kind of how does that deck look? Um, I, I think sure. in that, right in that vein with Tinglu, if you don't, don't think that that thing, that deck is going to be a double digit meta share, which I don't, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you are better, I better served building your deck for consistency than trying to make sure you beat that matchup. Even if, that matchup is a straight auto loss for you. Like right. you just avoid it. Like sometimes you just it. gotta punt. It, you, it's yeah. hard. It's hard as a player to just say, "Yeah, I'm gonna punt to this matchup." Uh, but you know, all the top players generally do that. Where it's like, "Yeah, if, if this X decks and this meta that we're currently in, um, sometimes you know, I, I I have a favorable matchup against X Y Z, but this is like my punt. I'm just gonna do it because." That's that's mm-hmm. the meta call. So I, I guess we just have to be more confident in ourselves and in and not trying to have answers for everything. Um, and it's okay to have like a, an auto loss or a heavily unfavored matchup. Yeah. So I think your your biggest cards to look like I said three the three biggest to look out for is the Iono and the one hint I think not hint advice I think if you can thin in this format, it's going to be even more prevalent because. Iona is going to come out and get you. So if you can get the useless cards out of your deck, um, I think that's going to be very helpful for you. Um, because even if you get Iona, at least maybe you'll get Iona into three, like wherever you are in the game, the three or four cards that you you get something useful out of them. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, like testing is going to have to start soon because um, we're just little, literally just a couple days over a month away. From NAIC, it's so crazy to say. Um, uh, so, yep. so if you want to be prepared and, and try to make a run, you, you know you gotta gotta put the time in. Now, I know the meta, you know, it's is always changing, but it's definitely it's a weird timing where there's just gonna be less uh, time to prepare for all the matchups. So, um, interested to see, interested to see if uh, you know, um, you know what what myself and the team come up with is the call for you know NIC or for just way off base. Um, that, that that's half the fun is the preparation, right? Yeah, I mean, there's the surprising with this set. There's a lot of things to consider, and, and sometimes like in some of it, like you may want to consider it, but you just gotta like, like we said, you might just have to put the blinders on it to it and just yeah. Remember consistency first. Uh, as make sure your deck does what it wants to do before you start trying to beat things. Right. Yeah. That's. A number one, get your decks, uh, yeah, your consistency down. Then have matchup, uh, you know, you know, uh, halves to each matchup win, uh, you know, mapped out there for yourself. So uh, again, um, can't wait to throw in the testing. Can't wait for NIC, um, and you know, just to see everybody in the community again uh, is, you know, that's the best part about Pokemon, right? Is is the friendships we forge either uh, seeing them at the tournaments, um, you know play testing beforehand just at the locals and everything like that so this is a celebration of that and you know you just want to um you know show show you know that you got skills uh, in this kind of tournament uh, as well so um looking forward to it yeah i'm looking forward to being there in in some sort of fashion i will not as of right now i still won't I'll not be competing but i look forward to it's, seeing people yes so. i mean that is 
awful. I feel really bad. I just I hope they make a, a fourth uh wave, you know, some people cancel or something, or they they found a couple hundred spots more. I know, you know, the rooms they could accommodate for it uh space wise. It's just a matter, I guess, of staffing wise and all that stuff. So we'll see. I'm keeping my fingers crossed for you, my friend. Um, but I definitely want to see you there. I know um, you know, our local community wants to see you there and, and, and fans of the podcast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will be there in some form and fashion. So don't worry about that. We will we will be hanging out. Um hopefully, like you said, they find a way to open a couple more seats. We get wave four. I get in and we and then I do some hard uh heavy testing like you are about to do and we uh make great runs at NAIC. Right. Tell grand tales of our victories. Grand tales, exactly. What a time (laughs) to make day two for the first time than, you know, NAIC uh, 2023. So that's that's what uh, my goal is for sure. (laughs) Yep. All right. I I hope to go from scrub to uh, super player all in one event. Yes. Well, I know you're capable, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> all right with that being said i think that's going to do it for us this week like i said at the beginning uh not a lot of new stuff to talk about so maybe a little bit shorter of an episode uh but still had a great time you know chat with you chuck and hanging out um and thank you everybody for hanging out with us till the end and uh we'll see you guys next week thanks again for listening to the pittsburgh pokemon podcast uh if As always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokePod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later.